0: The belt of truth, that's what I want to talk to you about today, the belt of truth. I'm going to do a quick review of last week's message, a quick review. John chapter 10 and verse number 10 says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have a life and that they may have it more abundantly. Please hear me. It's God's will that you would experience and live an abundant life. God's desire for your life is that it would be not just a life, but it would be an abundant life. But the Bible also says that there's an adversary, the enemy. John 10 says this in verse 10, that the thief, the devil, the adversary, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he wants to keep you from abundant life. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to steal from your life and keep you from the abundant life that God has for you. Here's what I want you to understand, is that you are in a spiritual battle. There is a battle going on. And I want to talk to you about this battle from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. We began the study last week. This is the portion of Scripture that we're diving into, and I'm going to be dissecting and teaching from throughout this series. Because it talks about the spiritual battle that we're in. It talks about the enemy that we're fighting. And it also tells us how to get victory and to win the battle. Let's pick up reading in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Everybody shout, full. That's so important you catch that. Put on the full armor. You cannot have victory. With half the armor on. You cannot have victory with two-thirds of the armor on. It's very important that you put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil, the adversary, the enemy, he has schemes. He has a well thought out and planned battle plan for how to attack you and to destroy your life. He has a plan and schemes. Verse 12 says, For our struggle, our battle, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I want you to understand that you are in a spiritual battle against an unseen world. Please understand, there is an unseen world. There is a devil. There are demons. The Bible says our battle is not against people, not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers. It's against authority. It's against the spiritual forces in heavenly realms. There is an unseen world that we're battling against. So Paul goes on to say, therefore, verse 13, put on the full. He talks about it again. That's how important it is. He says, put on the full armor of God. And Paul keeps referring to armor Because Paul is in a Roman jail cell for his faith. And he's chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. And Paul, as he is being inspired by the Holy Spirit, he looks at this Roman soldier that he's chained to 24 hours a day. He looks at his armor, and of course the people in those days knew what the armor looked like on a soldier. And Paul began to compare the soldier's armor to the armor that you and I need to wear spiritually to win the victory. Just like the soldier wore an armor to win the battle. He says, there's spiritual armor that you and I need to wear. And Paul is now riding this ladder as he's looking at this soldier and comparing that armor to our armor. And so he goes on to say, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Can I tell you, when you put on the full armor of God, you can stand your ground against the devil. You don't have to give up any ground. Some of you keep backing up, but you don't back up. You put the armor on and you say, come on, devil, you're not going to get the victory. I'm standing firm in my family. I'm standing firm in my faith. I'm standing firm in my career. I'm standing firm on the word of God. He says, stand your, stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The first piece of armor, of the armor of God, I want you to notice, is the belt of truth, the belt of truth. And I want to give you three insights about the belt of truth. Insight number one is this, insight number one, because listen, if you're going to experience victory, some of you are being defeated, the enemy's having his way, you've got to have on the full armor of God, the first insight. The belt of truth is vitally important. Please understand this. It's vitally important. We say, Pastor, it's not a sword. It's a belt. No, 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 don't be confused. It's vitally important. How many of you wear a belt almost every day? Come on, just lift your hand. You wear a belt. Come on, yeah. A lot of you, a lot of you wear belts. I I wear a belt almost every day. Whenever I wear jeans, or I wear uh, pants or slacks, I always wear a belt. If I wear nice some nice shorts, I I wear a belt. I always wear a belt. Matter of fact, I got got my belt on now. I'm not flashing you, but I got a belt on. All right, I got I got my belt. I always wear a belt. And 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 how many of you are like me? I put my belt on last. I put everything else on, then I finally put my belt on. Anybody else put their belt on last? Yeah, yeah, you put the, yeah, you put your belt on last. Now, some of you put your belt on first. If that's you, I'm confused about how you wear your pants. But anyway, mine goes on last. You hear what I'm saying? I don't know how you do it. But, but I put my belt on last. And I hate, because the belt is vital to my wardrobe, I hate when I forget to put my belt on. And it's always last, so my jeans are on and my shirt's on, and my socks are on and my shoes are on. And there have been times I ran out the house and forgot to put my belt on. So, so sometimes I, I, I'm going to the gym to work out, and, and, and I, I wear my gym clothes to, 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 to the gym, and I have my change of clothes with me to change into, and I'll get my clothes on after working out, and I'll notice I forgot my belt. And I hate forgetting my belt because, man, I start, I start sagging because my pants are always a little big on me. And, I, so I, and how many know it's not cool for your pastor to sag? I mean, come on, do you hear what I'm saying? It's not cool. It's not cool. So I, I hate forgetting my belt. And, and now there are some people that forget their belt all the time. It's very obvious. How many you know what I'm talking about? That's a whole other message. But the belt, the belt, the belt. Now, now now, I put the belt on last. many people put their belt on last, but I want you to notice that Paul says that the belt is so important. He talks about it first. He says, "Listen, the Roman soldier, the belt was one of the first things they put on because it was one of the most important pieces." of the armor. You see the soldier depended upon the belt to hold everything else together. You see it was the belt that helped to hold up the the breastplate. The belt helped to hold it in place. The the belt as I was studying talked about it, even helped the shield to be in place. The belt is what you attach the sword to so that you could go into battle have your hands free, but if you needed your sword, you could put it was attached to the belt. The belt was very vital because it held everything Else together. And friends, Paul is simply saying this like the belt was very key to the soldier because it held everything else together. It's very key for you and I to re- get victory over the enemy because the belt of truth holds everything else together. You have to have on the belt of truth to defeat the enemy and to live a life of victory. Everybody shout truth. I want you to hear me. You can have on all the other pieces of the armor but if you don't have on the belt of truth and know and live truth, you cannot experience victory and the abundant life that God has for you. It's very important. Truth! When I was a junior in high school, I was playing on the football team, and I'm giving football illustrations throughout this series because we have on armor. You have on gear that you wear, like the armor of God. And my junior year, I played wide receiver on offense. My my senior year, they moved me to running back because the two running backs on the varsity team had, had graduated high school. And so they wanted me to play running back. And, and I remember playing running back my senior year. And, and it was the beginning of the season and kind of doing practice. And it was the first game or two we played. And I remember getting the ball. There was this play. I would step to the left. i come back to the right and kept, get the handoff. And I was supposed to run through, through, through one of the holes there. And on this particular play, there was a linebacker. And I had him one on one. I'm like, I don't like this play. Because I step to the left, I get the ball, I'm trying to go to the hole, and that linebacker is unblocked, and he's wearing me out. I mean, if I could just get to the line of scrimmage and get some wiggle room, I might be. But you know, about nine out of 10 times, he would pancake me just wham, right in the hole. And I was frustrated. As a matter of fact, the first game of the season, we're playing against the Seminole Chieftains, and they called this play, and I step to the left, get the ball to the right, bam! Like I do not like this play, and there were sometimes I was running this play. One of the linemen would be running into me. I'm, not, I'm stepping, and I'm trying to get the ball, and he's hitting me. I'm like, listen, the linebackers enough. I don't need you hitting me. So it's always after the first game or the second game of the season we're in practice, and coach calls the play, and I step and I get the ball and I start running. And the linebackers one on one. Coach says, Herbert, wait on the lineman. I'm like, lineman? Yeah, wait on the lineman. And I looked, and I ran it again, and there was a lineman pulling. There was a guard pulling from this side and running on this side, and his job was to block the linebacker. Brother had been living a lie. Oh, but when I got the truth, I took that step I got the handoff. I waited on the guard to pull. I held up. I wasn't going to run into him this time. I let him run. And he blocked the linebacker. And I got set free. And I was one on one with the safety. Get me one on one with a safety in high school. I will wear you out. and here's what happens in life some of you are living a lie you don't have on the belt of truth and the enemy is pounding you he's wearing you out you're trying to run through life without the belt of truth and he's wearing you out but if you'll get on the belt of truth you see truth will go before you and it will block the enemy so that you can live a life of victory the Bible says it like this in John chapter 8 and verse 32 then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, it'll go before you. It'll set you free from the enemy so that you can live a life of victory. And some of you getting wore out because you don't have on the belt of truth. When you live by the truth of God's word, you will be set free to live an abundant life that God has for you. There's a second thing that I want you to see. Truth, first of all, is vitally important. It's important. Number two is this, the belt of truth helps us stand against the devil's lies, the devil's lies. You see, one of the key reasons that we must have on the belt of truth, and it's so important, is because we're battling against a liar. And if you don't have on the belt of truth, the enemy will defeat you with his lies. Satan is a liar. Jesus said it like this in John 8 and verse 44. You belong to your father The devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. Did you catch that? The enemy that you're fighting, there's not an ounce of truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan created lying lying did not exist until Satan was in heaven and he had a free will like you and I have a free will to choose to serve God or not to serve God and Satan chose to rebel against God and began to deceive began to lie and he created lying he is the father of lies Satan is a professional liar and hear me he's good at what he does. He's so good at lying, he's mastered it so well, can I tell you, he's practiced it, he's good, he's so good he convinced a third of the angels to rebel against God. He's good. He's so good when Adam and Eve lived in a perfect earth, no sin, no sickness, no death, no tragedy, no taxes, glory to God. There was a, it was a perfect earth and the devil so good at what he does, he deceived Adam and Eve to eat from the tree that God told them not to eat. He's good at what he does. That's why you have to have on the belt of truth if you're going to live a life of victory. The Bible talks about Satan in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. And it says this, and there was no war. There, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Michael and his angels are on God's side. This is when Satan had rebelled against God in heaven and war broke out. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Satan was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. They got, Satan and the angels got kicked out of heaven. Verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Did you catch that? He's so good at what he does. Listen, he's not just leading Americans astray or Oklahomans astray. It's the world. People in Japan in China. In Indonesia, in Africa, in England, in Scotland. He's good. He leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. They're called demons. And if you're going to overcome this liar who's leading the whole world astray, it's imperative that you have on the belt of truth. I want to give you four major lies of the enemy, four major lies of the enemy. Just very quickly, I want to expose some of his major lies so you can put on the belt of truth and take your stand against the enemy. The the first major lie is this. It's all about your happiness. Please catch this. That's what the enemy says to you and I. It's all about your happiness. God just wants you happy. I, I I know that's what the Bible says, but... You know, God understands in this area that, that you don't have to do that because God wants you happy. That's what it's all about is you've been happy. And if you're not happy, then you've got to get yourself happy because that's what God wants for you. You're, you're married to somebody you don't like. You're not happy. You're not happy. God wants you happy. Now, I know you don't have biblical grounds for divorce. That's okay. God wants you happy. That's what you happy. You're a parent and you got kids. You're not happy? You're not happy. Oh, they're eating your time up, huh? You're not happy. You're not happy. You don't want to spend time. You don't want to help them and teach them. You're not happy. They're, they're slowing you up. They're cramping your style. You're not happy. It's okay. You don't have to spend time with your kids, huh? It's, you're not, it's, it's all about you being happy. You're not happy at your job. Just act like a fool. You're not happy. It's not about you being happy. You're not happy. Just act like a fool because God wants you happy. You're in a relationship, and, and you know the Bible says not to do that or do this, but you're going to do what you want to do because you, know, you know ultimately you know me and God are close like that. Me and God kind of got our own thing going, and God wants me happy, and so I can do what I want. And the enemy, psst, he lies. He says, God wants you happy, and that's the most, it's a lie of the enemy. A second major lie of the enemy is everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. It's got to be okay. I mean, if it's popular and the majority of the people say it's okay, well, how can it be wrong? I mean, they say it's okay on television. He's got a degree from such and such. She's got an education from such and such. Everybody's doing it. How can it be wrong? I mean, just a little cheating. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's lying. It's Everybody's doing it. Everybody, I mean, people, everybody's having sex outside of marriage. Every, how can it be wrong? Everybody's doing it. I mean, partying and clubbing. Everybody, everybody I know is doing it. How can it be? Everybody's doing it. I mean, if it's popular opinion, if popularity rules the day, then, I mean, that's the way you go. If it's popular, you do it because it must be okay. So. The enemy is a a liar, the father of lies. Another major lie of the enemy is this, live by logic. Live by logic. Listen, listen, listen. I want you to hear me now. If it doesn't make sense to you, then don't do it. I mean, child, you got a brain. If it don't make sense to you, then you don't do it. But you have to understand that God's system is opposite from the world's system. You have to understand that the world's kingdom and Satan's kingdom is opposite than from God's kingdom. You see, Satan, Satan's kingdom, the world's kingdom says this, hold the grudge. Just get even. They did you wrong. You do them wrong. You hold on to that grudge and you make sure you get even and retaliate. God says, no, 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 no. You want blessing? You need no truth. Truth is this. God says, you forgive. I don't don't care what they've done to you. You you forgive. You, You let it go. God's kingdom is opposite from Satan's kingdom. Satan, he says, live by logic. Satan's kingdom says this. Hate your enemy. Just hate them. Now, you can't hate everybody, but you can hate them. Just hate them. You know what they did to you? You know what they said about you? You just hate them. And God's kingdom is totally opposite. And God says, No, no, no. You love your enemy. I know that you're enemy, but you love your enemy. You pray for those who persecute you. You love them. God's kingdom. God says, You want you want blessing? Walk in truth. Let truth go, before no truth. God's kingdom is opposite from the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom says it's all about pride. You just promote yourself, you just puff up yourself. It's just all about you. You make yourself look good. You step on other people to get to where you're trying to go to. It don't matter if you hurt them. You step on them. As long as you come out looking good, that's how you get in there. That's how you make it in this world. And God says, no, 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 you need to know the truth. You want blessing? No, 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 you don't step on top of people. You humble yourself. You humble yourself under my mighty hand, and I'll lift you up. No, no, no. you don't step on people. You serve people. No, 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 no. You got it wrong. The last shall be first. My kingdom is opposite from the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom says this. You you, you want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? The world says you just be stingy, You just be greedy. You just look after yourself. Only think about yourself. And God says my kingdom is opposite. No, you bless people. You, You tithe. You give. You help people who are hurting. God's kingdom is opposite from the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom says this. Save your life. It's all about your life. You just save it. You just hold on to your own life, do whatever you have to do to succeed. You save your life. And God says, no, 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 my kingdom is exactly opposite. You need to know the truth. You don't save your life. Jesus says, you lose it for my sake. And if you lose your life for my sake, then you'll find life. And the enemy says, no, 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 no. No, 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 you live by logic. And God says, no, I'm totally opposite from the world's logic. If you want my blessing, you live by faith. Another, another major lie of the enemy is he makes wrong appear right. He is the master at deception. He is an illusionist. He'll put David Copperfield out of business. He'll shut down Houdini. He is good at what he does. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Please hear me today. Satan does not come to you with horns and a red outfit and a pitchfork and blowing fire out of his mouth. (sighs) I'm going to get you. (sighs) That's not the devil. I don't care what your grandma told you. That's not the devil. That's a cartoon. No, 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 no. Satan comes as an angel of light. He makes wrong appear right and wrong wrong. And right appear wrong, and bad appear good, and good appear bad. He's a master at deception, and the devil takes truth, and he twists it. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. He takes truth, and he twists it. Did God really say? God said you could eat from that tree. That's what God not. God didn't really mean it like that. And he's so good at making wrong appear right. I was recently, recently watching the news, and they were talking about this young lady, and she had been showing up at homes, and this innocent young lady, and knocking on doors, and people would look outside, and they would see her, and they would see this innocent young lady and thinking, man, it's late at night, it's early in the morning, she needs help, and right when they opened up the door, people came out of hiding, and they would Ambush the home and break into the home and destroy and steal stuff all because they were deceived because of this innocent little girl. And that's how Satan works. He's a master at deception, and he makes it look so innocent, and he makes it look so appealing. Oh, it's just just a little bit of girl. It's just this little, little thing. It's just a small little lie. It's just a little bit of cheating. And and you know what happens? People open the door, and all you have to do is crack open the door, and the enemy will come in and ambush your life. But he always dresses it up. It's okay. It's good. It's positive. And he comes in and he kills and he steals and he destroys. There's a third thing that I want you to see, a third insight about the belt of truth, and that is this. The belt of truth prepares you for the battle. It prepares you for the battle. You see, it was very common in, amongst the Roman people to wear a tunic in the, those days. A tunic would be this long sheet all the way down, kind of like a long sheet that had a hole for the head and two holes for the arm. And it was common for them to wear that. In the soldier, when he was getting ready for battle, he would put on his belt. And then when he put on the belt, he would take the tunic and he would tuck the tunic into inside of his belt because that helped prepare the soldier for battle. You see when the when the tunic was long and the soldier needed to run and, and have mobility he didn't have the mobility he needed so the soldier would would prepare himself for battle by tucking the tunic inside of his belt so that he could have mobility to be able to fight against the enemy and not only did he did he tuck the tunic inside the belt but the belt I told you a little earlier it prepared the soldier for for battle because now you could put the breastplate on and the breastplate could have some stability and and then you could have the sword on the belt and, and you see the belt was very critical because it prepared the soldier for victory understand this the belt itself was not a weapon you didn't go out and fight with the belt but the belt belt was very critical because it prepared the soldier for battle and there are so many people some of you today that you are being defeated by the enemy you're not experiencing the abundant life that God has for you because you're not prepared for the battle you see you have to be prepared to stand against the enemy the scripture says it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. Be alert. Don't, don't sleep. Be alert. I want you to do this with me. Would you turn to your neighbor? I'm an audience participation preacher sometimes. I can see you now participate, all right? right! Don't Play my game, all right? Those online, play my game. Turn to your spouse. Turn to a friend. Turn to a kid. And say this, say this to your neighbor. Ask him this question. Are you sleeping? Come on, ask him. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Because you can't win if you're sleeping. Wake up! You have to be prepared to win the battle. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. He says, Be self controlled and alert. Don't sleep. Be alert. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You've got to be alert. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. I like how the Message Bible translates this portion of Scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, the message says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. catch you napping and some of you are napping you're napping you got to wake up because the devil is pouncing on you because you're napping you have to be prepared to win the battle ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27 says this and do not give the devil a foothold a foothold you see the devil wants to catch you sleeping so he can get a foothold in your life a foothold is simply a secure spot to put your foot on Like when you're climbing a a rock wall and you're climbing, it's a secure spot to place your foot. When I traveled full-time as a full-time speaker, evangelist, traveled to churches and camps and conventions, and oftentimes if I was in driving distance and didn't take an airplane in, I was four hours away or so. After the meeting was all over, a lot of times on Wednesday night after the service, I would drive home. And it would be pretty late at night. I probably wouldn't start on the road till 9 or 10 o'clock at night, but I wanted to get home to Tiffany. And so I would drive, and it would be midnight, driving home, and I'm tired, you know, starting to doze a little bit. But I didn't want to crash. Oh, no, I wanted to live. So I'd pull over at a gas station, and I would get a cappuccino. My, Tiffany's grandma calls them cappuccinos. Sounds eloquent, doesn't it? cappuccino? But anyways, I get a cappuccino. remember those cappuccino machines. You go in those gas stations, you just push the button, and a cappuccino would come out, and it would be more sugar and water than it is cappuccino, but you'd get it anyway because it had caffeine in it. You know what I'm saying? It had caffeine. All I wanted was some caffeine because I didn't want to crash and die. And caffeine would wake me up so I could get home. And here's what the devil wants. The devil wants to catch you sleeping. He wants you to be asleep and not be awake so your life will crash so that he can destroy your life. And the Bible says he's looking for a foothold. Now, that's you, that red thing. I'm the devil. Now, I'm not really the devil. I'm really your pastor, all right? So don't get confused. Don't get it twisted. But for illustration purposes, I'm the devil. And the devil wants to get a secure spot. But if you live by the truth, he can't can't ever get a secure spot in your life. He's looking for a foothold, but he can't get a foothold. But listen, when you're sleeping, the devil gets a foothold in your life. And all he wants is a secure spot in your life. And he gets a secure spot in your life. And can I tell you, some of you, the devil's got a foothold in your life. And he's pouncing on your marriage. He's got a foothold in your life. And he's pouncing on your kids. He's got a foothold in your life. And he's pouncing on your finances. Oh, he's got a secure spot, baby. He's having a heyday. He's pouncing on your spirituality. All he's looking for is a secure spot in your life because you're sleeping. And he's going to wreck and destroy your life. But when you put on the belt of truth, truth goes before you and blocks the enemy. And the enemy can't get a foothold. Truth blocks the enemy so that you can live a life of victory. Because when you know and live by the truth, the truth will set you.